Well, can I talk to you about Sister Act for a minute? Yes. So, Sister Act 1 and 2, if uh -huh. they're ever on TV, that'll be me yes. for the next hour and a half. Like, I am such a fan of those movies. Do you ever sit down and re-watch them ever? And, because I, I watched it about six weeks ago with my son, I told right. him, you'll really enjoy this. And I'm watching and thinking, why hasn't Sister Act 3 happened? Because for a long time, they kept saying no one wanted to see it. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, who said that? Yeah, I don't know who, who said, said that. that? Right, Who's like, they? <laughs> people who did not want to pay the money, that's who. Clearly. Because everyone wants to see, uh, would have love to have another sister act. Yes. What's your favorite sister act moment, quickly? Um, It's going to have to be the opening of Sister Act 2. Oh, so the greatest okay. story ever told, or the greatest medley ever, medley ever told. That's right. what it is. Right. Okay, my favorite is the opening of Sister Act 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> both paid. great. Both great he openings, paid. both iconic. I think for me, that that Sister Act 2, though, like the way that those songs just flow together. It's so good. Maybe. I will go back and just watch the beginning. I'll go back and watch the beginning sometimes. It's that good. Oh, so. so quickly, what's your favorite one? Sister Act 1 or Sister Act 2? Definitely Sister Act 2 for me. Yeah, Sister Act 2 is the better movie, but the opening is from Sister Act 1 I like You more. really like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about that for sure. We definitely <laughs> have to talk about this Sister Act 3 that is on its way from Whoopi. We also have to talk about the vice presidential debate. Yes. Um. <laughs> we might be visiting Meg the Stallion a couple yeah. of times uh, in this <laughs> podcast, as well as craziness going on in Michigan oh, this Jesus. weekend and also Did last, last weekend. weekend. Yeah, so <laughs> let's we're, we're going to unpack all of that. Right. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's get into this show. Everybody, hey, let's get into the gig. <laughs> okay, Mona Exchange. Right. We need a, we, but we do need a catchphrase like that. We have. Oh, we do. Wu Chow is kind of like that for us, yeah. I think. I, at the beginning of every show, I make it a point to say, hey, everybody. And then you always say, there's so much going on. Signature. That is. Motto. That's definitely That one. is our thing. Well, pop stars, welcome to another episode of Cold Pop. I'm Trevor Rashad. And I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And we have so much to talk about this week. First, let's just start out with, let's talk about our weekend in Michigan. Okay, let's. Okay, so um, we, with a couple of our friends, went on um, a just a small little weekend trip up to Michigan, uh, Sag Saga Talk. Saga Talk, Michigan, yep. and Douglas, Michigan. Give them the play-by-play. Uh, play. Give them the uh, full... Uh, so, oh, what do you mean the play about, like, what we did? What yeah, happened? give us the recap. Okay, so quick recap really quickly. So we went to, so what we decided to do was just do a quick little 
friends retreat just to kind of go somewhere nearby since we can't really travel that well and we also need to abide by covid coronavirus right. precautions and so we went to saga talk michigan and stayed at this place called the dunes we went on this very fun dunes ride that took us all the way to the top of some mount some very tall dunes to kind of see lake michigan that was very cute after that we went to we it was it felt like a whirlwind winery tasting yeah we did a couple of wineries we pretty much had to down the wine from the first one because we were late to the second one. Club. Another winery. Another winery. Bus. Bus. Car. Car. Get ready for dinner. Yeah. Like. So we doing all of that. And so we did two winery tastings. And then we went to uh dinner safely, of course, as well. Everyone had their masks ever throughout the entire Shout day. Shout to Wicks. Really yes. good restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. If and you're ate, ever in that area. Ate dinner there, then went back to the resort and um Watch the drag show, support local drag, you Hello. know, support local drag, watch the drag show, had some more drinks, uh, and then passed out. Yeah, we were definitely on the Golden Girls uh, <laughs> route last weekend because everybody was so tired at the end of the day. Pretty, I like, mean, we're getting old, girl. <laughs> like, it's been for yourself. Of- I was trying to turn up, I was trying to kick it. You really were, but. The rest of y'all is just, I was like, okay. I mean, you got to imagine an entire, like, we drove all morning, just, and then as soon as we finished, got there, we had to change. Shutting down at 9.30, okay, go, all right. Go to the dunes, and it was like, boom, 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 back, back, back. So. There was- I I don't think I've ever seen so many outfits for a weekend trip. There were so costume many changes. There were so many costume changes. There was a little absolutely was a little costume bit much. Changes. But I, I had a good time. I, I had a good time, and it was nice to get away for a little bit. So I did was too. Fun. It's very fun. fun. Um, what, what else did you get into? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, we know I'm always watching something. I'm always watching TV. I started um, a new show that I am in. You're love. always starting new shows. Yeah, I probably I. Yeah, we've said it here on the podcast before. It's no secret. I start about a new show a week. Um, I don't finish all of them, but I start about a new show a week. And this one, I think, that I found, I really do like. And so, for years, I've been at least a year now, <laughs> hyperbole, um, I've been hearing about Pen15 and how great it is and how funny it is and all of that stuff. And so, I was able to get to... Um, check in with them and see what the show's all about. Pin 15 basically showcases um, two girls who are best friends, Maya and Anne, and they're seventh grade. It's the year 2000. And um, the twist to this, it kind of talks about their kind of, it's like a coming of age uh, sitcom that talks about, you know, the growing pains of being a seventh grader and puberty and boys and friendships and all that Y'all, stuff. Yeah, Trent is trying the to get twist. me to watch this show. The twist is is that the two main characters, um, Maya and Anne, are actually played by 30-year-old women. Um, <laughs> and so it's them actually like playing them themselves. And so uh, Maya Erskine and Anne Cohn, her name is Anne Cohn in the movie. I forget what her last name is in real life, but her name is Anna um, Anna Conkle, sorry, Anna Conkle is her name. They actually are playing themselves um, in the in this environment and space where everyone else is like tween age. Everyone else looks like a seventh grader is a seventh grader is in that age range, and so it's really funny. The nostalgia in itself is worth it. Makes it worth the watch just because 
in hearing the music and kind of like seeing some of the references, things that they talk about, the clothes, it's very, it's, <laughs> it's very close to, you know, what I remember in the year 2000. And so it's super fun. I would say watch it just for the, for the nostalgia of it all. Shout out to Mariah Carey. But I really did enjoy that. Nice. That's good. So I'm going to watch the first episode just so I can see what it's about because you have been dying down there laughing at this show. And I'm yeah, like, it's okay. pretty funny. I've I watched, so I made it through the first season. It's pretty funny. It's pretty quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, for me, I have a couple of things really quickly that I want to just, first I want to give a shout out to Kelly Rowland, pregnant with baby number two. Yay. Um, her and her husband, she announced it on the cover of Women's Health Magazine. She looks great as always. So big shout out to Kelly Rowland. I also want to just pay my respects also to Monica Roberts, who is a pioneer Mm. and inspiration in trans journalism. She died this past week. Um, This is from Out Magazine. She was known for starting her blog, Trans Griot, in 2006, and Roberts used her life to tell the stories of trans communities in ways that set a precedent while also serving as a mentor, friend, and den mother to those same communities. So for all of her friends, family family members and fans and colleagues just pay my respects to Monica Roberts, a journalist, a pioneering journalist. Make she rest in peace. Yes. Uh, anything else that you were doing over the weekend? Nothing. I mean, well, okay. I did want to give a shout out to my new favorite Instagram account um, that belongs to Elsa Majimbo. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Elsa Majimbo is a um she lives in nairobi kenya i believe and so she Mm -hmm. is a brand new social media star that is coming and has completely captured my entire mood throughout this covid do yourself a favor um and visit her on her instagram account she can be found and it's majimb m-a-j-i-m-b dot o She's funny. We watched she a lot of her so videos funny. last night. What's yeah. what's very interesting is that she's actually just got nominated for E People's Choice Award for yes. um, African Social Star. And so that was really cool to see. And she's done like Anderson Cooper had interviewed her and um, all of those things. If you I can describe it's the girl that has she has glasses and she's eating the potato chips. Are she's they potato always, chips like, the, or are they something else? I think they're potato chips. They I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, but she just like chips on the potato chips and talks about how like she is not about to get herself crazy for any of this COVID is going on. She's gonna take this time to rest, which has been my entire um that's been my aesthetic. whole mood and aesthetic, aesthetic <laughs> for uh for this era of COVID nineteen. So shout out to her. Please keep making content. You have us all dying. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's go on and switch over to Do we our... not want to talk about the movie that we watched? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. So yes. Marcus and I watched The Boys in the Band yes. on Netflix. And this was an adaptation, a film adaptation from the popular Broadway show, Boys in the Band, that actually was um, on Broadway just... A short time ago. Yeah. Um, so I think that they kind of did this as like a closing out of that experience is that they did this whole film adaptation for Netflix. Basically, it is the stories of about maybe seven, eight. About seven or eight, yeah. Seven or eight gay men in um, New York 
uh, during the late 60s, 1968, I believe. About uh, nine, were eight gay men and one straight man. Who Who's straight? The uh, best friend. Which one? The one who that we saw at the very beginning was crying in the phone booth about coming over. He was not straight. He was straight. What are you talking about? He was all up in Hank's face. But they no, he because he went back to his wife. Remember? But he's not. He's not straight. We, well, he never. We. It's implied. No, that he's not no, 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 straight. no. And I know that's but, how I know you wasn't watching. Oh, I definitely there was should, watching. You know what? There should have been a quiz because he was definitely gay. How do we know that? Because oh boy, ratted him out. Remember when he was doing the phone call, and he was like, "Jim, did you hear what he said?" But, but he. But so, but, but remember, that told it me, wasn't him on the phone. It wasn't him on the phone. But that enough told me that 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 right. he was yeah right. But been, I'm saying he never came out and said it he's, himself. He's been dipping and dabbling. So, uh, uh, so so what are your what are your overall thoughts of? Well, the what I told you was is that I thought it was a really great. Um, it was a cute little film. Beautiful but gowns. I thought it should have been adapted for the screen. It was a not little adapted bit more. To the screen, yeah. I don't think that we needed all of the, you the know, monologues. the monologues. And <laughs> I get the idea of wanting to stay true to the text, and this is what it was, and all of that. But I felt like it could have been adapted to be more of a mainstream more movie, conversational. Um, yeah. And that and I mean natural. that was the big thing. I think uh, a lot of the performances were strong and solid. I don't know. The um, the only person I really didn't have a clear idea who it was was the best friend, but everyone else I kind of, it was kind of like just titans of um, the gay of, film of industry, white gay, yeah, uh, white the gay white gay film, film industry. industry. Um, so it you know it has Andrew Reynolds, Matt Bomer, it has Jim um, Zachary Quinto, Jim Parsons, um, Charlie Culver um, or Carver, sorry, Charlie Carver. And yeah, the only person I really didn't know was Bernard, the um, uh, black character. Hold on, I can tell you. Keep I d- talking. I did not know him, and so um, Robin De Jesus is in it. There's, I mean, it it has a lot of different um, well known actors in it. I just he was the only one I couldn't actually place, but I thought it was nice. Um, but for me, we could have. We, we could have made it a little bit more manageable for the screen. I don't know if it needed to be as long as it was either. I it think was, it was two hours it was, I think it was two hours yeah. long. I don't know if it needed to be that. I think we could have got it down to maybe 136. I think so, too. Uh, his name is Michael Benjamin Washington. Yeah, I didn't know that, brother. But, I mean, I thought he did well. Yeah. I, I, I thought he did well, but I, I, um, I didn't know him. So Sorry to this man. I, I There were parts that I liked. But again, I agree with most of what you were saying as well. I think my favorite by far was Zachary Quinto. However, I got, I was talking to some other friends about it, and one of my friends said that he thought that Zachary Quinto was overacting. And I was like, really? I said, that's an interesting take. That is an interesting I take. said, I kind of felt that way a little bit about Jim Parsons in that role, but I think they all did a really good <laughs> job. I just think... As far as as a whole, as a unit, and like thematically and narratively, yeah, things could have been a little bit differently, gotcha. or gone a little a little bit differently. But I mean, give it a watch. It definitely could have been cut, chopped for time a little bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And there's an epic read in there. You want to learn? You want to know how to clear, bitch? <laughs> Trust. There's there was, an there epic was a couple of good ones in there. In so there. it was yeah. So okay. 
All right, well, it is uh, time for our, our next segment entitled Woo Child. Okay, Marcus, what do you have for us first? Well, the this thing that everyone is still talking about, Woo Child, let's talk about this vice presidential debate. Honey. Yeah. Um, it happened last Wednesday. Co-Pop did a live tweet event during it. We did. We were doing uh, some tweets. The debate took place in Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt um, Lake Between Senator, sitting Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence. Yes. Um, they had plexiglass dividers that they fought over. They were over not playing? They were not playing. They said, close us off. Yeah. Uh, that Kamala's, the, um, the Kamala camp requested the plexiglass dividers and Pence's camp actually requested the chairs, which is why they were sitting. Because he wanted to sit um, down. Right. And so... <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh-uh, I can't do it. It was a very interesting it. debate. We live tweeted, so we watched the whole thing. Yep. What are your thoughts? I mean, overall, well, first thing I want to call attention to is that I think that they, I think Kamala was right to take those precautions because Absolutely. if you saw Mike Pence's eye, it wasn't Child. looking too healthy. And I don't know... What that might be, um, what that might be lending itself to, but better safe than sorry. Overall, I I had pretty positive feelings about Kamala's uh, performance throughout the whole thing. I thought she held herself very well. Mike Pence, he needs to get some more lessons from Donald Trump. He needs to get more lessons than Donald Trump because his the way that he finesses. Um, is not as smooth as Donald. Well, it's not even, well, you mean the way that he spins? It's not even no finesse. It's just spin. Yeah, like he he just doesn't have that ability just yet. Child, my head is dizzy. <laughs> and and um, he he found himself a lot of the times just deliberately not, um, just deliberately not deliberately not answering the question. Yeah, I agree. I think my takeaways from the debate. Number one, from a, the, the candidate standpoint, I think at the beginning, neither of them were answering the questions that were being asked. And then Kamala tightened up and started focusing in on the questions. Uh, Mike Pence just decided not to answer any question the entire night and just kind of have his own conversation. Well, no, he was answering questions, but he would answer the question from the last round right which is like that's not how this <laughs> so he's debate like well works. i want to talk back a little bit about no what that's not how debate you works ask. you talk about it while it's happening but kamala also said this and i want to go back and address yeah. from two from two questions ago when she had said this i now have something to say <laughs> i was so confused when they started talking about climate change and he said but what we should be talking about is these tax returns and i'm like huh what does that got to do with climate change exactly. Um, overall, end of the night, I do think Kamala won this uh, debate. I think there were some good points made on her behalf. It's hard to say any points made by Mike Pence because he didn't answer any of the questions. He just kind of did his own thing. The other thing I would like to say is the moderator, Susan, uh, we are 0 for 2 in moderations now. I understand <laughs> that I moderating is probably a very tough thing to do i mean be being in front of the camera i understand that and just having to wrangle both of these candidates and then people who have their own agendas and own narratives that they're trying yeah. to spread and share and trying to it's like hurting cats i get that but at the same time if you're not holding anyone accountable to the questions that you're asking why are you there 
Why are you there? If you ask a question and the candidate does not answer it, it is the moderator's job to make that candidate either answer the question or say that they're not going to answer But you know question. what? And this is one of the things that I was wondering. Like, how do you allow... You know, because people are answering questions off the top of their, you know, off the top of the dome. They haven't seen these questions. Right. I mean, they know the topics. So, and, but and they so at what point questions. do you, I mean, how long do you allow someone to kind of orchestrate their question? I think what a lot of a pop, I think what a lot of a, am I having a stroke? <laughs> um, I think what a lot of politicians do is that they kind of start. They start talking, right? right. And filling because the space they want to with fill that. the time because they only have 10 minutes. But then they're also trying to formulate that answer in the same. And so it's like, where do where do I stop you? And like how how do I interject and make this as fair as possible? That's why it's important um, to take notes. It's important to take and write write some keywords down as far as an outline goes while she's asking the question to help guide your responses. However, I will say, like, if you're not gonna answer the question, the moderator needs to make that known. Like don't just gloss over it. Because she asked, like, for example, she asked the question about abortion. Mike didn't answer the question at all. And the yeah. moderator didn't check him on it. And it's like, hello, it's your question, girl. You're not going to check him on not answering it? Yeah. And so I thought that that was a major fail. And so um, and I think I, I made a – I want to correct what I said last week. The uh, moderator from last week was Chris Wallace. I think I called him Chris something else. I don't remember. But oh. Chris Wallace from last week and then Susan – I forget Susan's last name – uh, who moderated? She's uh, with the USA Today, um, but yeah, I think we're over two. We're still over two in moderators. So, no one's been able to do a good job of handling. And I mean, there probably who won't do you be think, anymore. Who do you think can bring it? Who do you think would bring it as a moderator? Honestly, they need to have Soledad O'Brien mm. moderate. Soledad, if you've not, if you don't follow Soledad O'Brien on Twitter, you absolutely should. She should absolutely be a moderator. Okay. But, I mean, there's not going to be any more debates because what they've decided that they're going to do virtual and then Donald Trump's like, no, I'm not going to do it. What do you think about this? What do you think about if they did, like, series of debates, but then they did, like, maybe a couple, like, that were, like, scheduled to or catered to certain age groups? Well, I mean, that's, I guess, what the benefit of a town hall is supposed to be because you get questions from different age groups and stuff like that but i mean of course virtually because you don't want all of these all these people are not going to be in the same hall or in the same room so they're probably going to be digital virtual questions yeah and since uh donald trump is not participating they've turned it into a 90 minute town hall with joe biden next week so or this wednesday so yeah well, we'll definitely see. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm with, I, to me. I don't know what the purpose of having these debates this far into the election cycle. I think they should probably have them a little bit. I think that earlier. there are still people that are still trying to kind of figure out the need. I, I, Who? I honestly, if you're do. still, if you're at this point of the election, we're in what mid October, what twenty five, less than twenty five days. Mm-hmm. If you're still undecided, you haven't been paying attention, and maybe not undecided, but also just like being exposed, like you know, exposed to what to voter education and starting to kind of take it seriously. Okay, that's true. That's fair. So I, I mean, I say those things just because, like, you never know. Like, there's just so many people out there who have where for them Donald Trump fits their agenda and what they want. Um, and you have people that have also like been kind of um, brainwashed to think, you know, in a certain way and 
now that they have the ability to kind of make decisions for themselves, they're starting to, you know, educate themselves on stuff. So I thought it was good. Kamala rocked it. The only thing, only thing, and I'll leave it here. The only thing that okay. she um, scooted around Scoot, was when they asked her about, you know, Joe Biden is pretty old. Have y'all talked about what that what that means, what that looks like for your for your partnership? I don't think she scooted around I it. Did. I think she went a roundabout way of of listing her qualifications to imply, of course I'll be ready. If you know something like that would happen, I have this type of background, I've done this, I'm in the Senate, I've done this, this, and this. Of course I'm ready to take over if need be. Well, if you but meant you know, you that, just say that. On any, well, no, never, because, if, you don't, if you meant that, just say mm-hmm. that. She was, she's like, that's, you know. That's messaging 101. You never want to imply that your running mate who's running for president is incapable of doing the job. Kamala's like, no man knows the day. Yeah. And no man. <laughs> Come on, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Is that what we doing? Okay. All right, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, like, but this my Wu Chow. What you got? Okay. The first thing I want to talk Wu-Chow. about. Okay, so thank God we left Michigan when, when we, we did. did child, okay, yes. because Whoa. they are acting foolish up in the uh what is Michigan's uh nickname? The sh- uh I don't know. Whatever the hand, I don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> but they have they are cutting up down at the Michigan. So earlier this week, this past week, thirteen people were charged in a plot to kidnap the Michigan governor and overthrow the state government. So the, quick, quick note: the Michigan nicknames either the Great Lake State. The Water Winter Wonderland no. or the Wolverine State? Oh, okay. That makes sense. The Wolverine State. Okay. Because this militia group that was planning this was were called Wolverine Watchmen. Child. Okay. Child. And so with this, guys, with this, listen to this. So 13 people were charged with alleged Wait, domestic. 13? I thought it was only like four. No, 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 no. 13 people were charged in an alleged uh, domestic terrorism plot, okay? Now, six of these people were charged federally okay. with conspiracy to kidnap, okay? And what about the others? Um, the other, the remaining seven um, were just, uh, were charged by the state. Okay. Okay? Now, apparently what they were playing, I mean, these, the people that in this group are ranging from 21 to 42. Mm-hmm. Okay. All men. Of course. And like. And all white. All white. But I'm like looking at this. And so specifically they were trying to gather information and addresses of certain state officials so that they could carry out this plan. While um, the while the Michigan governor, Gretchen uh, Whitmer, was was probably the most notable there were a number of other government officials and including some police officers that were included in this plot. Child, what is lot. going on down in Michigan? That's so, of course, Governor Whitmer made Reno you know, remarks and she said, I knew this job would be hard, but I'll be honest, I never could have imagined anything like this. One of the things that she kind of spoke about in her address, though, is that she talked about Donald Trump and how he is not come 
forthright in condemning those far right groups. We know this. Okay. Like telling people to stand back and stand by and, right. and things of that nature. But this is, I think when we talk about like how that leadership trickles down and adds to situations like we have going on now, this is the perfect example of that. Um, let's say that they did succeed in this. Could you imagine? Right. I could not. I mean, I feel like 2020 expect the unexpected. Like, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. I don't even have any comment to say. Like, send him to jail. This is ridiculous. So, I mean, there was just a lot. Of, it was just a lot of things going on. I think that these um, people were, like, streaming from, like, a private Facebook group, which was also super crazy. And I think Facebook is talking about maybe, like, cracking down on, like, certain groups. They're going to have to. And, and all of those things. But it's just... I mean, as you get more and more into it, this was just a this was a thought out plan that was about to go into effect, and it's and and for me, it's very sobering. So, um, definitely a Wu Chow moment. Uh, Wu thank Chow. God they were arrested. Right. Uh, okay, so my story, my next Wu Chow comes a la the ABC News report. Okay. So, this is from ABC News. It says Los Angeles prosecutors last Thursday charged rapper Tori Lanez, that's who I'm calling him. <laughs> Lanez. Tori Lanez with shooting artist Megan Thee Stallion during an argument early this year. Lanez is accused of shooting at Megan Thee Stallion's feet, hitting her after she left the SUV during a fight in the Hollywood Hills on July 12th, according to a release. He faces two felony charges, assault with a semi-automatic firearm and carrying a loaded, unregistered firearm in a vehicle. You never win when you're dirty. And you, All I'm going to say on this, it was the title of last week's episode, See When You Do Clownery, the clown comes back to bite. All he had to do was <laughs> shut up. <laughs> What is that? Um, what is that quote from New York? You should have just sat there. And you should have just sat there and ate your food. All you <laughs> had to do was shut up, because Megan was not about to like turn him in or do him dirty, and then he w- who or another New York quote: "Shut your mouth and read that magazine, girl." <laughs> like, why would you release an album? Yeah, I'm gonna do a whole album on it. Like on what? This. Knowing that I told y'all evidence. the team was not there. The team was not there, like, and this is exactly why? what happens. You never win when you dirty, baby. And why? so you want to come up here and you want to start spew. Are we throwing business? Yeah, yeah we throwing business. Like Megan no, we was trying cuffs, to save actually. you so, from this, and yet here you are now. So you know, to hit the hit 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 time to hit the house, honey. Yeah, time to hit the block, hit the prison. Prison. <laughs> it is a mess. So Wu Chow. Definitely to me. a Wu Chow moment. Okay. The last thing that I have, baby. Oh gosh. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Ricky. Fingers Uh-oh. getting sticky, sticky, sticky. Wait, so who Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay, Shangela. Whoa, 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 baby. Who which one was baby blue? So baby blue was like the short look him up. No, 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 that's slick'em. That's slick'em. Baby blue was like the short glasses kind of chubby one look him up baby blue okay continue okay so what we're talking about is uh pretty ricky's very own baby blue was arrested this past week 
on um, for for his uh, potential or alleged involvement in a coronavirus relief money scam. Oh, there were technically two rap. Oh, well, there were three rappers in Pretty Ricky. There was a the lot. Spectac. P was a singular and Spectac, yeah. Slickum, and Baby Blue were the rappers. Right. So, basically, Baby Blue um, was arrested uh, for taking part in the $24 million wow. relief fraud scam um, surrounding the coronavirus. Okay. So, there were... So, the government um, gave out these... Uh, PPP loans, so Paycheck Protection Program loans for a number of uh, small businesses that qualify to kind of help them stay afloat during Corona. Well, um, Baby Blue with an accomplice... Do we know who the accomplice is? We do. I will say their names. Say their names. Uh, Tanya Johnson. Tanya C. Johnson actually is the report says, I think. Okay. Tanya C. Johnson. Um... But they applied, uh, they falsified documents and applied for a Paycheck Protection Program loan. For what What was, what for, was the business? I don't think that there was actually a business. Right. And so for a fake business and received um, over $400,000 for wow. that very first one. And then they did another loan, that one for $1 million. Wow. Okay. So after they, they did that, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> after they did that, they went and found eleven other friends <gasps> to do the same in applying for funds to receive those kickbacks, totaling over twenty-four million dollars. So, okay. So okay. First off, first question. Baby Blue bought a ninety-six thousand dollar Ferrari. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I've got to wrap my head around this. So first question, how were they approved for all of these? When you have so many small businesses who were left out in the cold, actual legitimate businesses, how were they well, approved? Well, that's the thing. So that's the thing. Okay, so that whole PPP uh, loan, I mean, it was part of a full, like, two trillion dollar right. care act. Right, okay? I remember what... I mean, uh, which we found out later... Like a billion dollars of that had been fraudulently obtained. Like, because I understand the Lakers got money and they had to take it back. Ruth Chris got so, money. So I mean, and they had it was just a back. lot. Like people was just applying. Like we we, sh- we could have put cold pop. <laughs> but no, we, we could not have. We could have put cold pop down. But my question Little is, is just like, how did they get approved for like twenty four million? Clearly falsifying worth. documents. And so these are the changes. So these are the actual charges. Um, okay. They're facing charges of wire fraud bank fraud, conspiracy to commit a wire and bank fraud. Um, so that that was, those were the actual um, charges. Oh, and yeah, the falsifying of documents. But, chow. $24 million. Who chow? All I want is a brand new TV for the back room. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. All I need is a thousand. Who chow? Give me a stack. Definitely um, a Wu Chow. Okay. I, I've got one more Wu Chow. I, there's a lot of good Wu Chows this week. Uh, my last one just comes from this is what happens when you're not about that, when you are not about your business and you're trying to be out here in everybody's face. Clownery. This is what happens. The clown comes back to bite. So this comes from CNN Entertainment. Uh, Morgan Wallen, who is a country <laughs> singer. Poor Morgan. Has announced that he will no longer be performing this weekend or he 
this past week, this past Saturday on SNL. If you notice, there's a new there. Jack White was the singer, but he was not the original choice. Morgan Waller was the original choice. Child. However, the country singer, um, what does it say? Hold on, I'll get to his. Uh, the announcement came after a TikTok video showed a man identified as Wallen drinking and appearing to be at a party without a mask in Alabama. And kissing girls in the mouth. That went viral. He was kissing girls in the mouth on the video too. And Multiple so girls. The country singer posted a video on his verified Instagram account last Wednesday talking about what happened and he stated that it was a tough video for him to make but a necessary one. I was getting ready for SNL this week, this, this past Saturday and I got a call from the show that I will they no said, longer no, be able you. to play Wallen said. It was probably Lauren Michaels. It was he, Lauren he, Michaels. He, Lauren was like yeah, Lauren said, I don't think, I think not. He was like Morgan. And he said and that's know. because of COVID protocols which wait, I understand. Wait, what do you think of my Lauren Michaels impression? I don't even know what Lauren Michaels Morgan. sounds like. I'll show. I'll let. I'll let you listen to it. But it's like Morgan uh, about tonight, bud. Okay, we'll circle it's a back no go. to that. We're it's going to be. A, it's going to be a no go. Morgan, we're going to circle sorry, back to that. We can't have it, bud. But you want to talk about a missed bag? Like Saturday number one, like, Saturday on. Night Live. Right. That's a platform. Because number one, Morgan, nobody knows who you nobody, are. I didn't know who was that. So, sorry to this man. Yeah. So let's talk about that first, and then how this is one of the like. This is a milestone in like a music star's or just entertainment, life. you know, like yeah. If you were to be out able here to be like, out. I am the SNL <laughs> guest, and you probably did want to blow off the steam. You probably did. Do it after, like do it why? at the house. Yeah, do it go, at the house. At rent out something. Rent out something private. Like figure it out. Like you probably did want to get just turned so you could take off the the pressure of SNL, but. This is how you really mess it up. He was like, I remember in the video, he was like, I got a lot of growing up to do. You damn right. You the do. CNN article goes on to say the 27 year old said he believes he has some growing up to do and will be stepping away from the spotlight for a bit to work on himself. And I quote, I wish I could have made country music and my fans proud this past Saturday, well, the Saturday quote, but I respect the decision. Once again, he said, Lauren Michaels, the creator of SNL actually gave me a lot of encouragement, but letting me know we'll find another time to make this up. So that means a lot to me. Thank you. Talk about fumbling the bag. Buddy, this is not the end. You know. Fumbling the bag. Lauren Michaels kind of sounds like Bane to me. <laughs> Uh, so woo child to that, you gotta be aware. You gotta be strong. You gotta be aware. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta be wiser. You gotta, you gotta be about your money. Yes. Um, to woo child. Okay, let's take a break. This is a long woo child segment. When we come back, okay. we have a fun spill segment that we're gonna talk about. We're really gonna spill fun? some tea. Oh, shit. We're gonna okay. spill. Uh, so let's take a break, and we'll be right back. All right. Alrighty, welcome back. We are back and it is time for Spill. Yes. Okay, so this week's Spill is going to be something that everyone can relate to. Uh-oh, okay. Um, so let's talk about it. We are talking about professional rejection. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Um, I've got some stories and some things that I want to share okay. as well. But, you know, are there, are there some things you want to share? Right. You remember what movie that was from? Does anybody have a? Does anybody else have anything they want to share? No. Um, Give me another line. 
I think it's the only line I know. And honestly, I don't even think I remember what movie that's from. Child, okay. <laughs> Moving now on. I'm thinking, I'll, I'll get back to you. Let's table that. Sidebar. Anyways, so professional rejection. Everyone gets them. Everyone gets rejected from jobs, from um, applications, college admissions, everything yeah. like that. From the from the rooter to the tutor. Uh, what do you think about professional rejections and how do they affect you? I think it's a must. I think it is a, it's just one of those things that is going to happen to everyone in some respect. Um, it is a learning tool, right? Professional rejection is it a is. learning tool. And it's something that, you know, is going to help make you more resilient down the road. Um, overall, when it comes to my own experiences with professional rejection, it's def. I've definitely been there. Um, I think... I try to figure out sometimes what's worse. I say, is so like, let's say I applied for a job, right? I remember one time applying for this job that I really liked. This was maybe maybe a, two years out of undergrad. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, like, I thought that this job was the, like, this was my calling. And I remember getting the uh, first interview passing through that second interview, they wanted to bring me to the actual facility, to the campus. And Mm -hmm. did all of that, met everyone. I mean, everyone that I could meet. I was like, this must be just like a formality. And I ended up not getting the job. (laughs) You thought. (laughs) You know, I was like, they flew me out here. Like, and I ended up actually not getting the job. And I go back and forth of what is worse, to go that far or to not even get be able to get your foot in the door. I think for me not even not being able to get your foot in the door is worse. Because if you've okay. gotten that far that means you've at least gotten some good feedback. But does it set you up for a bigger disappointment when you get so, you know, so enthralled and enwrapped and you've now started to kind of formulate relationships with these people? Not necessarily because I think with any kind of job process you don't have the job until you sign those papers right regardless of whether or not they send you an offer letter or whatever until you sign those papers and send them back and they're confirmed accepted you do not have the job i've heard plenty of stories of people getting a job offer and then having it rescinded you know so i mean there it's it's as easy as that so i think you have to keep that in mind craziness um i think for me so i I think my (laughs) My experiences may be a little bit more than yours just because of the industry. I know you've you've been in like the education industry and you've been rocking it out and like doing amazing. Um, in the entertainment industry, rejections can absolutely wear on you. Um, I have been rejected more than I can count. Now I actually have a full I have a full entire folder in my email just purely rejection. Why? Like why do you do that? Because the one That's day when I do one day when I do make it, it's going to be interesting to look back at all of the jobs that rejected me. Um, that's that's petty. And I, I mean, I, I'm just saying to be able to look back and be like, okay, you've come a long way. You don't visit that. No, 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 no. I, it's sort of like my throwaway. It's a throwaway photo. It's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna. File it away and keep it pushing. Okay. Um, but it hurts. It's tough. It is very tough. And I say this twofold. Number one, as a journalist and media trying to find a job right now, um, it's very tough. But then yeah. also as an actor, 
Like when I was pursuing acting kind of like full time, child, you would go on like three or four auditions a day and probably get rejected all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you show up to a room with people who look exactly like you and it's like, well, okay, it's either that or going to be going to be this or going to be that. But it sucks. You know, I have been I've been rejected by a lot of different um, I don't want to say excuses, but what parameters, I guess I've been told I don't have enough experience. I've been told I don't I have too much experience. Yeah, I've been told that I'm too expensive. I've been told I'm not the right look. I've been told I'm they're looking for a woman instead. I've been told uh, it's just the gambit. You name it. I've probably been told it and rejected. And okay. that wears on your psyche. It does. Yeah. But like, what is it? Let me ask this. What are those things that you are putting in place so it doesn't wear on it? You know, like, or it at least to combat the wearing. So right now, and it's funny because I'm still trying to navigate this, is learning how to not take these things personal. Um. I do. I take it personal because I I only apply to something that I think that I'm a good fit for. I only audition or go out for something that I think that I am a strong candidate for. And so if I apply for it, then I'm like, oh, I feel like yeah. I have a good chance I of getting this. this. Yeah. yeah, because or else I wouldn't waste my time. And then when you put so much effort and energy and positive thoughts and all of this into it and then you don't get it, it hurts. It hurts. It absolutely hurts. Um, and so you have to kind of just learn how to not take it personal, um, which is a process that I am still working on. Okay, that's honest. Um, okay, so do you take the, any of these things personal? Um, <clears throat> if, I, if I'm going to be honest about it, yeah, I do take it more personal when I've maybe went all the way. Yeah, you went above and beyond to like make sure that your application was legit. Yeah, and then I like I do take it, I, or I your take audition. It, I think I take it personal when I get it like the further I get, you know, that's the more I take it personal. Yeah. Um that's that's from for me that's when it's like always like super tough when you get right down to it and you don't get it. Yeah. Um and so that's that's I take that personal. I feel like sometimes when I was doing performance stuff, I really didn't. I no, I just didn't. But you know, I don't think I did it. Well, number one, I just didn't do it as long as you did, and I didn't ever pursue it as actively as you did. Mm-hmm. But it never really. I think the idea of knowing something that's like it's always there, you know. Like, I knew I always had this career in education to be like, oh, okay. To fall back on. And I think that that's also maybe added to, like, not allowing too many feelings to get into it. Right. When I was a kid, oh, gosh, I was a sore loser as a kid. Yeah. I was very competitive. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I can say that I'm also, that I think you kind of learn to deal with and understand in the past, not so much now, like every now and then I may have this thought, but now it's just like, you know what, what's for me is going to be for me. And that's that. But I've had this thought of like, you, when you get rejected and then you see who they chose, it's either two things for me. One, it's like, 
oh, that's what y'all were going for? Like, okay, I mean, I guess. Cool. Whatever. And then there's the, oh, that's what y'all were going for. Got it. Okay. I was clearly not the right person for that. Yeah. And so I had those two frame of thoughts. And so it's like, oh, that's who y'all chose. And oh, that's who y'all chose. Got it. And so that's what I'm trying to like work with because you have to understand not everything is going to be for you right and some people are better equipped it's just plain and simple there are some there are people out there that are better equipped for the position than you are and then there is going to be that moment when you are the best person equipped for it and so yeah. that's what i try to keep in mind it's not easy because i get down on myself a lot what's always important too is that i think is that you have a community that you're doing something similar as or right. like searching along that with. That can help you work through That yes. is also something that will help you move forward and that will level and will kind of lessen that blow of level rejection. You out. Yeah. Like that that is always if you have someone in your life that like can kind of identify with like this is what we're currently doing right now. We're job searching, we're trying to make it through these trenches that is always more powerful than having to kind of go through it alone. Yeah, yeah. And I think when it comes to acting and like entertainment, I think having you as a person to bounce stuff off of because you understand and have been through it, that has been kind of helpful. But however, I will say in sort of like the media journalism realm, I feel like I am by myself. Like I don't have that many people that I could call on to be like, hey, this is what happened. So and so. blase. I don't know if I agree with and that. That's tough. For me. I, I don't know if I agree with that. What do you mean? I think that you do have some people, maybe in this, are you saying like in the specific route that you're taking? I'm saying when it comes to like journalism. Entertainment journalism? Just journalism, period. I think that you do have some people. I didn't say I didn't. I said I had very few, if like any, but I feel alone because the people that I know already have jobs. So I mean, it is what it is, but like nobody is in the trenches like I am With you, okay. Yeah, and that's what's tough. Gotcha, okay. Um... Okay, can I? Am I allowed to share this story about what we just went through? Well, uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so I, I because you know I wanted to be personable and share a little bit. So, um, okay, notes from the producer. Notes from right. Notes from the producer. Uh, so recently, we the, the reason why I brought this professor because I needed a way to just kind of talk about it and let it go because I am. Still just a teeny tiny bit salty, but I'm going to be fine. Trent has talked me down off of the ledge. We are good. We are going to press on and we will Child, make things And you know happen. they listen to this podcast. I know. And hey, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, recently, Trent and I applied uh, for this competition to be a part of this competition uh, through iHeartMedia. Yep. Um, oh. I've... What the competition is... And they're telling me not to talk about... They're telling me not to talk about it in my ear. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it, that, what the competition is, it doesn't matter. Because, I mean, they're great. They'll move. They'll find whatever they needed. And, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But we applied for this competition um, for, our podca- for our podcast idea. Sort of similar to this one, but, I don't, uh, but not quite like this. And we... Uh, Surprise! There were over eighteen hundred submissions. <laughs> yeah, there were over eighteen hundred submissions. So from everywhere, all over the country or globe, basically. Yeah, and I don't know. we made it to basically the final round. <laughs> and oh, uh, we yeah, we, almost uh, the final round. And right. 
right before almost almost before you get it before you get to having to like create a pilot and yeah. then those be introduced to the world we got cut <laughs> and that hurt because i felt like we had a very very strong yeah we had a very strong um, package so that very was strong something package. Else. that was exciting and we did not get it what i think hurt the <laughs> the verbiage i think i would go back and change that um for for the organizers of the contest that were like you were a finalist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, wait, I was, but wait, then wait, what happened? What, what happened? Yeah, what happened? What wait. I do? What I did? <laughs> wait, what happened? Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, it does. It's not ideal, right? Like I thought, I thought that we did have a very strong product, but I, it's one of those things that you have to kind of understand that, you know, it wasn't. Wasn't what they were looking for. They felt like they had too much of that already. I don't know. I don't either. Like, that was never explained. But I think what's important is, is that even though it's a setback, it's not the end. Um, it's not. We definitely plan on pitching and this to multiple, many more uh, companies, networks, blase, blase, i.e. So support is it's what not. we need right now <laughs> yeah but we i mean it's support. part of that it's part of that rejection that i feel like also kind of helps make the story even yeah greater yeah um my last question for you is how do you move forward after you after rejection what do you do how do you move forward how do you not fall into the hole of depression and self-doubt and low self-esteem how do you move forward and continue as much as i try to like want to move forward and like not I guess because I do fall in those spaces, but I don't. I try not to stay there. So how I get out of those spaces is I try to focus my attention on something else. I focus my uh-huh. attention elsewhere, like sewing. <laughs> I've recently taken up sewing. I am currently making a pillow. I will put it on Instagram and Twitter once it is finished. What was the class in high school that we home ec? Is yeah, that what you life, skills, life skills. Excuse you. <laughs> life skills. Um, I. How do you move forward? I I allow myself to feel whatever it is that I feel. So like if I once I get the rejection letter or the rejection email for the rest of that day and probably the following day I just allow myself to feel if I'm mad if I'm upset if I'm depressed and you want to talk it through too and I talk through it yeah you I like lean to talk that. it through yeah I think I don't I try not to spend more than 2 days on it okay after 2 days it's like all right boy pick it pick yourself up let's go we we have a goal there is a purpose there is an end goal we're going to get there we just have to go through a window instead of the door now. And so that's just kind of how I, I look at it. But I, I lean into it and I feel whatever it is I'm going to feel because it does hurt. And I do. It, it's something that you yeah. have to kind of talk yourself through. Yeah. For sure. Uh, okay. Um, any final thoughts on professional rejection? No, none for me. I, I think I'm more interested to hear from our audience and yes. like their experiences with this. Like, how do you how do you move forward when you receive personal rejection? Um, professional is, rejection. Per, yeah, per, sorry, professional rejection. Um, and then also like, 
what are those communities that you you pour into and that you reach out to? So if you can, send us an email at coldpopshow at gmail.com if you have a story of rejection or a story of how you came back from rejection. We want to know. We'll read some of them if we get any. So definitely uh, submit those to coldpopshow at gmail.com. All right, let's take another break. And when we come back, it'll be time for our signature segment that Fizz we like to call Fizz or Flat. Flat. We'll be right back, guys. All right, pop stars, we are back. (laughs) And so it is now time for our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. This is where Marcus and I get to go over the top moments in pop culture this week, give them a fizz if we're feeling them, or a flat if we're not. Yes, sir. Okay, so up first, let's talk about it. Um, Let's talk about this YouTube release show. Okay, yeah, because I don't know what this is. Okay, so on Deadline this past week, there was an article talking about the emergence of a new MTV TRL, okay? Anyone who is a millennial has to remember Total Request Live on MTV. Absolutely, I wanted to be a VJ so badly. It was such an institution. It was during the video heyday when music Mm -hmm. videos were, I mean, so crucial to an artist's career and their success. Um, And so that was TRL, but now YouTube is bringing forward this brand new show called Release. And Mm. it's by the team that created TRL. And so uh, Van Toffler, Suzanne Suzanne Daniels, and Lyor Cohen, um, who created over, over, I mean, now almost 30 years ago, um, (laughs) almost 30 years ago, TRL, well, not 30 years ago. Because I was I mean, about to say, I'm not that old. Say, we're not I'm not that old. That damn old. So, no, it's not 30 years ago. At least TRL ended in 2000. TRL ended in 2008. Yeah, so... Uh, so that would be... At least 10 years ago. Come on, mathematics. So, like, 12 years. Yeah, so 12 years ago. Sorry. So, 12 years ago <laughs> uh, from TRL. Um, no, right. But, so, they have this brand new show that's kind of supposed to be the millennial version of this. What it focuses on, it's very much like TRL. It talks about inside stories, some behind the scenes sometimes of the videos. Um, They can get the inside scoop of what the artist has planned for the upcoming album. But it's all done in 15-minute segments. And right after the 15-minute segment airs on YouTube, then they release the video to go behind it. So are there hosts? So there... (laughs) And how can I apply? There is a host, the current host for the show that I watched. I watched one episode of it um, with uh, DJ Laser, I believe. Uh, or Major Laser, sorry. Uh, but the host name, are you ready for this? Okay, oh gosh. Bacon Bear. Who is that? It's a cute little girl. Look her up. She's a cute little thing, curly hair. She's very cute. So the episode that I watched featured uh, Major Lazer and um, Diplo. And they were doing the new video for Oh My God. But very much how Carson used to talk to the artist. They kind of gave this, you know, this was my process. This is what we thought about the video. And then 15 minutes later, the video um, premieres Where can we watch this? You can watch them on YouTube. What's their Um, YouTube channel? 
And so it's actually YouTube release. That's how you are able to watch it. But one of the things that is very interesting to me. YouTube released? Released. I don't see it. So if you go look on, so you type in YouTube Mm -hmm. and you can do, um, so like, let's say that you want to see their YouTube released for Major Lazer. I'm on YouTube. You'll go YouTube released Major Lazer. And then you'll be okay. able to click it up and see. I don't still don't see it. Okay, well I'm gonna help. It's um right here. You want me? You want to watch it right here? This is it. It says Major Laser on released. You see this one? YouTube released. Yep. Major. It's the little fifteen. Yeah, it's not showing up on mine. Okay. Why, why is that? Well, you might want to talk to your service provider. Oh, here it goes. There you go. Okay, I'll take a look at this. Okay, so what I'm trying to figure out, I appreciate the effort to bring something back that's kind of um, TRL-esque, but I think we've moved past it. Do you ever think we'll get back to a place where videos are a big thing how they were before? It depends on how it's done. I think because we've moved so far into the digital and online space... It depends on how it's done. Because, I mean, people are still putting video. Artists are clearly putting videos out. I just think the way it's packaged may need a little work. Like, the old template obviously does not work anymore. And so I think there needs to be a new template. So that's what this that. is. This is supposed right. to be a and new template. I haven't template. seen it yet, so I don't so, know if okay, I Okay, like take or not. a look and tell me what you think. Okay. I appreciate it, but I am not sure if it's the new artist that I don't know anything about these new artist people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it like, I'm sure if I if it was somebody that I really enjoyed, right? Then you would watch. I think I would watch it. So yeah. I'm trying to decide of whether or not um, this should get a fizz or a flat for me. Yeah, I don't know. This gets it incomplete for me because I haven't watched it. So I, for know. me, I'm going to give it a flat. I just think that the YouTube, I think that the music video era has come and gone. And I don't know if we'll ever get back there again. Technology is just too advanced. And they talk about that in the article on Deadline, how technology killed TRL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all, 106 in Park, TRL. Technology killed it because you did not have to go. You no longer had to wait yeah. for your video that you wanted to see to pop up. No one cared like, who was number one because you could watch whatever video exactly. you wanted. Exactly. And yeah. so it's just, it's it talks a little bit about that. But I, I just give it a flat because I think that the video era has come and gone, and it's just not not the same. It's not what it used to be. All right. I'm going to give it an incomplete. Uh, well, make sure you check out Bacon Bear. Okay. My first uh, fizzle flat, whenever I'm with him, something inside is burning. Oh. <laughs> All the words. Yeah, I got a lot of words. She <laughs> doesn't know <laughs> the words. He wave. He wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sister Act 3 is in the works. If y'all were listening to the intro, Whoopi Goldberg confirmed that they are diligently working to get Sister Act 3 made. I am totally here for this. I've been a huge yeah. fan of Sister Act since forever. Yeah. Um, and I would absolutely watch this. And from what I understand, she's working on bringing the entire original cast back. So that includes Kathy Najimy, um, Maggie, Smith, Maggie Smith, hopefully. 
Um, I know she's a lot older now. Um, I forget what was the redheaded girl's name who could actually sing. I don't know. I know her name was Sister Mary Roberts. Yes. I don't know what the actress's name was. Um, but I am so into Kathy this. And Jimmy. I, here's my thing. Obviously, we need. We're gonna need some other people in this, a la Sister Act Two. Who do you think could be in this? Here's my. Here's my things. I'm gonna give you my first. My first thing first. Um, just because of where she confirmed this on the James Corden show, I think James Corden could be in this movie as like one of the police officers or something, whatever whatever narrative they choose to do was like an official or what? whatever. Some James Corden could absolutely be in this movie. I think. Okay. Or maybe as like one of the monks instead of the nuns. That okay. With with the nuns at the monastery too. Um, who do you think could also be? In it's this hard movie to say because I just don't know what the story is going to be. Right. It all how are they on... going to? Yeah. How How are they going to do this and say, you know, how are they going to do this and make it believable that Whoopi, at her age, is still walking around in a nun suit? So here's what I think. I think. They need to stay away from recreating the magic that they had in Sister Act 2. I don't think we need that setup again of like having students at a school forming a choir or whatever. I don't think we need to do that again. I think we should go into the avenue of an actual pop star who, who maybe whose life is threatened or whatever from that sense. Sort of paralleling Whoopi's go but Whoopi okay. plays the point part of helping the pop star find refuge at whatever um church or what do you call a place where nuns go convent the convent thank you um don't and kind of Jesus. helping you his or her Jesus. person along what do you think um that could work that could work it, that and it should be a group it should be like a group so it should be like a music group i don't not know just one person i don't know uh-uh I don't know. And you know I, who I... One more thing. One more oh, thing. Okay. You know who I think could be in it? I'm taking your girls from last week. I put the McLean sisters in it. Okay. And let them be the group. Looking for, like, refuge or whatever. <laughs> put them in the group looking for, like, refuge or whatever. That's what I think. What, so, what, now, you tell um, me. What you I don't think. know. Okay. I'm trying to decide who I think would really... Hell, bring Raven. Put Ra- Bring Raven back. She was in the Broadway show. Yeah, I just, I okay. Get Raven involved. I, yeah, at this point, I really don't know. I'm trying to decide what is going to be the best way to go about this. Um, I thought about having maybe one of the sisters die and like they come back for a funeral. That could work because there were a lot of older wet ladies there. So, and I know one of them ladies Maybe it's had to Alma. be gone. Maybe it's Alma. One of them ladies have to be gone. They I mean, have... A lot of them are now, I think. <laughs> that might that sounds bad to oh, say. Oh, I mean, unfortunately, but, but yeah. they were old. Yeah, they were so, older. So, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. I feel like um, I'm really interested to see how this is going to work out. I'm excited. But I'm, I am excited, too. I think... Um, this would be a sequel that I would be happy to see. Same. So. Okay. Uh, and then again, uh, to everyone out there, sequel, not a reboot. We don't want a reboot. Right. We want the sequel we deserve. Yeah. Um, I give it a fizz. Okay. I'll give it a fizz as well. All right. What else you got? Okay. So, um, heading over to Housewives Land over at Bravo Land, um, 
Ebony K. Williams is the newest housewife for Real Housewives of New York. And the first black She housewife. is the first African-American housewife for this franchise. How is that? As well. And so... Well, there's some um, franchises that haven't had a black housewife, like OC. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a couple of uh, franchises that have not had them. And so... Um, but New York is no longer on that list. The uh, Ebony K. Williams is a attorney. She is also a... Um, was it a news reporter? I think so. She, because she did Fox Sports, she's done Fox yeah, yeah, Channel, yeah. Um, and a couple of other, a, a couple of other things. But she has her law degree as well, uh, specializing in family law and civil litigation. Um, this is girl. this is really exciting. I think for me, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Um, I was just talking about this with a friend of ours. How some of the OGs that are in New York, I don't know how this is going to go over well with Ramona and how this will work with um, Ebony now coming on the scene. I can't wait to see. Um, Ebony K. Williams is very excited about this. She says in a statement, um, I can't wait to share a slice of life in this city that hasn't been seen before. Anyone who's aware of my work knows I don't hold back. I'm going to keep it just as real here as I do everywhere else. So really excited to see this uh, housewife come on the scene. She's going to have these girls down at Amy Ruth's. She's going to have them down at uh, Jacob Soul Food. Uh, <laughs> Apollo Th- going to be just running Harlem. I love it. Um, so congratulations to her. Congrats. Really excited to see um, Ebony take this step. I give it a fizz. Fizz for me as well. Um, my only last thing, I just wanted to give a huge shout out. We've talked about this, I think, in two consecutive podcasts now, this being the third. That's why I'm going to make this short. Shout out to Mariah Carey. The number ones just don't seem to leave her alone. She is a New York Times number one best-selling author. Her memoir, The Meaning of Mariah, is number one. Congrats. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. All the success. Keep going, girl. You go, girl. That's it. So, total fizz. Fizz for me as well. Anything else? I just want to shout out Megan the Stallion really quick. So, Megan this past week announced the Don't Stop Scholarship, uh, which is a scholarship fund for women of color. Okay, she is going to start by awarding two $10,000 scholarships. Uh, to celebrate other women of color pursuing their higher education. Um, The Don't Stop Scholarship Fund um, is... Oh, I'm sorry. No, the don'tstopscholarship.com is the website if you want to learn more about this particular one. Um, It is for women that are pursuing an associate's, bachelor's, or postgraduate degree in any field of study. So... For all of my ladies still in school, let's make this yes. happen. Let's get this money. Ah. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Meg the Pony. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have? I give that a fizz. That's a total fizz for me. Um, do you have anything else? Um, it's a fizz for me if I didn't say it. Um, uh, no. I think that's it for me. 
All right, what's your takeaway from this week's episode? Let's wrap this bad boy up. I think the, just the importance of community, kind of going back to that professional rejection one. Um, yeah. I think in when I kind of, now that I'm like reflecting on it a little bit more, I think it was my friends holding me up during those times that were really hard. And so the fact that we were all kind of scraping and scratching scraping to survive. Scraping and scraggling. <laughs> um, scraggling. And so I think it's just, I, yeah, just to be, uh, to rely on that, lean into those circles. And if you are a part of those circles, do not be afraid to be honest about how you're feeling because nine times out of ten, there's someone feeling the exact same. I agree. I think my takeaway is the exact same. And while I'm still try- still slowly but steadily working on not taking things these things so personal, professional rejection is a part of life because it helps you appreciate where you are. And when you do make it, it, pre- it helps you appreciate the journey it took you to get there. That's it. So community is important and just respect the journey. Move at your own pace. It's a marathon, not a sprint. All of those cliche terms, blase, blase, they're true. And I know in the moment it may not seem like that they're true, but trust the process. It's all about the bounce back. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about make the bounce, bounce back. back. Make it, make it bounce Because back. that's what it's about when you are faced with that. So. Yeah, agreed. All right, where can they find us? You can find us on social media at Cold Pop Show on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at Cold Pop Podcast. Um, you could uh, listen to our our uh, podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Yes, yes, Okay. Yes. My social media is Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Trenton RD on Twitter. And you can follow me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end anywhere on social media. I want to. I, I actually want to talk about that. Okay. I'm glad that you brought that up. Okay. Because that's something I've been wanting to discuss with you. Please. Are you saying that people can find you, your handle, mm-hmm. as Marcus well, if Drew you, Steele? If you type in Marcus Drew Steele on Twitter or Instagram, my handle comes up first. Oh, I think that that, well, then in that case... I think that works for me too. I'm gonna look it up, but I'm gonna make sure so I can I can just stop saying that because I was about to say your handle is not Marcus Marcus D. Steele. I know what it is. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But if you type in Marcus Drew Steele, I just found that to be a little bit misleading. It's not. But thank you for trying. I appreciate that. I didn't try anything. Thank you for that accountability. I'm not trying. I'm just (laughs) kikiing. Kiki your way on off of this podcast. Um, All right. Thank you for listening. We will catch you all next week. Enjoy the week. Bye. Bye.